Welcome back to Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you again for another episode of hard-hitting fantasy football action. It's been a tremendous two episodes that I've had so far. If you just getting up to date with us right here on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football program, we had on two great guests so far this week, including Dutch from Voice from the Underground and Justin Novaro, both talking about their past in, in fantasy football and also giving everyone tips out there for last minute upcoming drafts if they got any, but also how best that they go ahead and manage through the season. But you know what? Week one has already started. There was a game that's already been played, Green Bay, Chicago, and it was a defensive battle. That's the best thing I'll probably say about it because it was a pretty ugly game to watch. But you know what? There's still a great weekend of football here to come. And here to talk about it for all the fantasy football reasons is a good friend of mine. He is a man that actually on many occasions in the past couple seasons with the Fantasy Football Pater podcast, he came on board and you know just expounded that knowledge even more on what's going on with fantasy football. It is a man behind Inside Sports along with Charles Smith Jr. I cannot give him enough praise. It's Chris Sardieri and Chris just once again, this year, great to have you on talking with me some fantasy football. Gerald, thanks for the great introduction and for having me back this year. I'm really looking forward to it. As always, I enjoy the show with Charles, but uh, be able to share uh, my alleged knowledge of fantasy football. I've been playing back uh, since the late 90s when Yahoo launched their site. I know I'm dating myself here, but uh, I still love it. Uh, passing it on to my son. We have a league with uh, dads and sons teaming up. So um, uh, all these years later, 20 plus years, uh, I still love it. And for whatever reason, it sucks you back in every year. And frankly, it would make a game like last night watchable. If we didn't have fantasy football, what would we do? I mean, I went out for a walk at halftime and I probably should have kept walking for most of the second half. Exactly. It was uh, pretty much a snooze fest all the way through. But I have an apology right up front. Uh, tell you what i thought that you know in washington there would be a little bit more I, I thought cooler heads would prevail but you know what it looks like it isn't it looks like the rift between adrian peterson and jay gruden is just way too deep i had said before in our first two episodes that you probably want to keep adrian peterson for at least the first three or four weeks before you look to trade him unfortunately that's not the case because guys it looks like he's going to be ready to go He's already going into the starting lineup as far as week one is concerned and out onto the bench and could be possibly even out on the team is Adrian Peterson, which to me is quite disappointing because I think early on, I think he was going to get you some really good yards up front later on in the year before he gets hurt or before he gets really old, that that's something else. But you know what? I got an apology for all you fantasy football fans out there. I missed that one. I just thought there was going to be a little bit more patience, but it doesn't look like in Washington that's going to be the case. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be so hard on yourself up front. I mean, if you have a deep bench, some of these leagues have a total of 15 roster spots. Peterson's still going to have some value. First of all, Geis is injury prone. I definitely agree with you. He's a good running back. And he, as long as he's healthy, Peterson stays on the bench. But as we know, running backs break down, they get injured. Or we could see what happened a few years ago where Peterson gets uh, jettisoned by a team and picked up by a team that needs a running back. So if you've got that one or two bench depth uh, roster spot on your team, hang on to him. He may still have some value. As we know, sometimes it's better to have a guy who's a starting running back, may not be the most talented one, but he's going to get the touches, versus someone like a Tariq Cohen who 
he'll have weeks for you with the Bears where he'll put up a ton of points, and then he'll have a dud like last night. So uh, it's another thing to keep in mind. As long as he's not going somewhere where it's a running back by committee and he's the number one, I think he still has some value there. Thank you so much for actually reassuring me on that. But, you know, I'm still I'm feeling the hurt from that one. But again, to those individuals out there that have come on to the show and asked those questions about Adrian Peterson, there's still a lot of room. In fact, I'm glad it happened early in the season. We just got this out of the way. But yes, Adrian Peterson, whether or not through injury or finding a home somewhere else, could still be advantageous for you to keep on as far as the end of the bench type of individuals. So before you jettison him just yet, even though I know he's available now in a lot of leagues, in fact, in my only, he's available. Maybe you want to hold on to him if you have enough depth at running back. Otherwise, if you got to fill the spot with someone else that's going to contribute a little bit more early on, you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know what? It's going to be also a great weekend in the NFL. First weekend, everybody's so pumped. All the fantasy football owners out there are just so psyched. You know, I'm going to win a championship. And then after week one, we start to see a little bit of cracks in there. But before everybody goes ahead and panics, before everybody goes ahead and just gives themselves a pat on the back, we've got week one to worry about. And from a fantasy football standpoint, are there any matchups right off the get-go that stick out to you that says for a fantasy football team owner out there, they have to go ahead and they have to make a play. Absolutely. And I think this is going to be a recurring theme throughout the year. Start anyone you have on the Baltimore Ravens offense. I say that because the Miami Dolphins, the 2019 Miami Dolphins may be the first NBA team to enter the NFL. And I say that because they've outright admitted that they're tanking this year. They've traded Tunsil and Stills and they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback. They don't have a heck of a lot of depth on that team. They know there are two top college quarterbacks potentially to be had in the draft next spring. So to be frank with you, someone like a Lamar Jackson even is a good start. I know there were some questions given his playoff game last year against the Chargers. Not this week. Play him. Um, I think even someone to get a little deeper into the weeds, like Justin Tucker. Uh, the Ravens should be able to put up some points. If not, he's going to be within field goal range because I think that ball control offense will just run the Dolphins all over the field. So Right there, I know that seems like a no-brainer, but you really can't go wrong with any Ravens against the Dolphins. And secondarily, um, one other kind of big trend I'd like to think here, I'd like to pass along in week one, don't kind of overanalyze things. I mean, for instance, I've got Cam Newton on a team, and I know he's going up against a tough Rams defense, but he's better than my alternative. Play him. You don't know what's going to happen. You look last night, the Bears and the Packers look sluggish. Who knows? They, they may even get into a shootout for all we know, or maybe Cam will get you a rushing touchdown or throw a couple TDs late or something along those lines. Don't overthink it yet. I do think matchups are important, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going up against a tough Jags D. Are you going to sit him? Are you going to sit Tyreek Hill? I think not. They may not have an explosive game, but play them because it's week one. We all know the defenses are just as out of shape as the offenses and getting that rust off. So, uh, that's my advice matchup-wise this week. I've got two that I want to go ahead and point out. One of them is Cincinnati at Seattle. And if you've got anybody on the Seattle offense, I think that's something that should be a definite play for you, especially if you have Chris Carson or Russell Wilson. I think that both of them are going to be big-time contributors to a, a very, very uh, good win. I know Vegas has Seattle as a heavy favorite going into the weekend. Another game that you want to look at is Houston at New Orleans on Monday night with New Orleans at home 
Drew Brees could go crazy in that game, especially, you know, being in an early game. So it's not too late for the national TV audience. So Houston at New Orleans could be something that really could be very exciting, especially for owners that have New Orleans players on the roster, Kamara, Breeze, the wide receiver set, Michael Thomas, that if you have them on your team, I would definitely say that they're a must start because Houston, after all the funky trades that they did, some of them which were, I don't I don't think that they got the best of, especially when you're concerning the, the Jadavian Clowney trade and all that, but there's there's there was a couple other trades as well that that I don't think that they've really have everything going right in Houston. They're, they're doing some very curious things, almost as curious as what's going on in Miami, but let's not even go there. I think that's uh, that's really a situation that's in need of repair. But I think Houston at New Orleans is something you really want to look at for Monday night for big-time yardage, big-time points if you've got any New Orleans Saints on your roster. When playing in the Dome, too, uh, definitely helps. You don't have to worry about weather. It's a uh, nice 72 degrees all the time. And, you know, if, if Houston gets down big time early, then you've got Deshaun Watson and also as well, you've got DeAndre Hopkins playing pitch and catch, trying to catch up for the entire game. Yeah, and that's the other thing fantasy owners need to realize. Sometimes blowouts can be your friend. You can get a lot of garbage points late in the game when the team might be out of it, but not nearly. They still might have a mathematical shot, as ESPN likes to show us constantly, of winning a game. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to chuck it. So if you have a QB, a receiver, or even a – running back that can catch the dump offs it's going to be good for you don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse the better that these marvel films do the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general but other marvel films also i think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way that's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask you this. For this weekend in the NFL, are there any players that you think that we haven't mentioned so far that are a must-play that maybe people might be on the fence off? Because, you know, people just, just got their drafts done. They're just starting their lineups for the first time. While there's a clear-cut one or two players at each position, which they will start, there's always the issues of flex, maybe a wide receiver two that's kind of, eh, okay, I've got two or three receivers that are on the fence, or I've got a running back one or uh, two or a flex that that you know I'm not really high on because I'm not sure about the depth of my team. If there's any one or two individuals out there that you want to say, you know what, please go ahead, based on the matchups, you got to start them. Who would you be going for that maybe is a little bit under the radar? Sure. Uh, I'll give you two kind of uh, unorthodox wide receivers that you might not think starting, but if you do need that flex play, in a, especially in a PPR league. And ironically, these two are going to go hand in hand. The first one is Sterling Shepard with the Giants. He's now the number one there. And with Saquon Barkley in the backfield and OBJ hurt last year, Shepard actually put up some nice numbers. Now, is he a, a WR1? I don't know, but you know what? For a flex play, he's getting you 10, 12 points. You can't ask for much more in that than your third wide receiver in a starting lineup. I think he will benefit. Supposedly, he's back healthy. Golden Tate suspended. So I think he'll get some looks from Eli this weekend against the Cowboys. And the other one is Jarvis Landry. And I say these two are related because OBJ is now on the Browns, the much ballyhooed controversial trade in March. Let's face it, the Titans are going to look to shut him down. We saw this last few years with the Giants. Teams will try and double-team him at all costs. I think Landry is going to be able to get some more looks from Mayfield. And again, same logic, PPR league. 
maybe he catches you eight to 10 balls and gets you 80, 90, 100 yards. I'll take that any day from a flex spot. So those are two guys I'd watch right now. I'm not particularly impressed with the Titans secondary. So I think Landry could be a beneficiary there. I agree with you on that one. That's something that people need to look at because OBJ is getting all the press. Baker Mayfield is getting all the pub as being a high-rated quarterback. I'm not as sold on him yet. I still want to see a little bit more. But, you know, people are talking about him as a top five NFL fantasy quarterback already. That may be the case. I mean, he certainly has the weapons to be that guy. But I'm not sure if he's going to be there quite yet. But you know what? If Cleveland is going to take that next step, he has to become that top five fantasy football player, or at least a top 10 at the lowest in order for them to get to the point where you can start realistically talking Cleveland in the playoff picture. Definitely. And I'm with you. I think he's a good player. Do I think he's elite? I think the jury's still out. And I know OBJ will help, but being a Giants fan from a personal fan bias here, OBJ is an unbelievably talented player, but if he's hurt or his head's not in the game, he's not going to help you a heck of a lot. So while I think it's a great weapon for him there, I still think a lot of Mayfield's success hinges on which OBJ we get in Cleveland this year. That's right. And, you know, speaking of wide receivers, prima donna divas that sometimes have a hard time getting their helmet on straight, <laughs> the, the saga of Antonio Brown continues I mean, from one day when he gets into an argument with the GM and gets suspended to the next day that I guess John Gruden went up to the office and he cried, he begged, he pleaded, and he he got Antonio Brown to at least apologize to the team, tearful apology, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and now he's going to play. I mean, after all the things that was said and done in regards to his helmet issues and, and the back and forth and the holdout, what can fans realistically expect out of Antonio Brown this season as a member of the Oakland Raiders? Yeah, soon to be Vegas Raiders. Don't remind tell you, me. I, yeah, yeah, soon enough, right? I have to tell you, I passed on him in the second round of both my fantasy drafts. And the fantasy football historian in me thought I was temporarily insane, but others passed on him after me. And he went a lot later than expected in the third round. And I think it's the type of receiver he is right now. And separate of these tantrums, which, if anything, are going to really, uh, if you're an owner of him right now, you've got to be worried on a week-to-week basis. Um, I get it. His helmet didn't fit, and he burned his feet at a facility in Paris, but there's just something different every week. And by no means am I saying the guy's not committed or talented, but we don't know week-to-week what Antonio Brown's going to get. From a football perspective, he didn't practice a lot, and this has nothing to do with Brown, but I think the jury's still out on on Derek Carr. I mean, is he an elite quarterback? He had one great year. He hasn't been able to put it together since. Mixed results last year, his first year with Gruden. So I, I think a lot of the Brown value is tied to Carr and the offensive line. And they got a rookie running back in Josh Jacobs. If he can be a playmaker, I think that helps Brown too and opens up the field some. But I have to tell you, even if none of this happened with the uh, never-ending soap opera and weekly hard knocks issue of the week, I guess we'll call it. I think still there, you've got to kind of wonder about Brown. He's an unbelievably talented player, but I do not know how he will fit in on a a less talented Raiders offense from a fantasy perspective remains to be seen. Well, it's just amazing that this time last year, we could have been talking about the greatest offense ever in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. And look what a year difference makes. And it's just a shame because, you know, these egos get in the way 
of everything. And unfortunately, it's led to Antonio Brown leaving town. It's unfortunately, it's led to Le'Veon Bell leaving town. And Pittsburgh Steelers fans, they're the ones that were hurt the most because you had this superlative offense that you could have created if everybody goes ahead and makes the sacrifices. And you, I think you could have at least put them as a Super Bowl contender, if not favorite at that point in time with that kind of offense. But you know what? Year has gone by and all this changes that took place. Antonio Brown, you've got what you got with the saga with him. So the Raiders are stuck with it. And you know what? As someone who is going to probably have a, the Raiders very soon in their town with an overpriced stadium on the way that's building that, that you know, uh, I'm not sure I'm in love with paying with, but let's put that aside. You've got Antonio Brown and his continuing saga, and then you've got Le'Veon Bell trying to make waves in New York. It's just mm-hmm. sad for Pittsburgh Steelers fans, which I'm not, but still, i got a feel for them that this is what you could have had, but unfortunately, this is now you got. But hey, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you're a, a you know if you're a fantasy football team owner and you have him as one of your wide receivers, he's going to be a definite superstar for you going forward. Definitely, and, and let's not forget James Conner. Quietly last year, filled in for Bell, did a really nice job. I, I think his value improves this year, too. He may even get more touches for, for what it's worth. Honestly, I, I know a number of Steelers fans, and they're somewhat optimistic. It's an addition-by-subtraction logic in their mind. That's true, and James Conner performed at a level comparative to a top-10 NFL running back last year for fantasy football. And if that's the case and he does that again, things could still look very good for Pittsburgh. And then it's up to Ben Roethlisberger to stay consistent. And I'm not asking for five touchdown games from him. Like he does almost every season. He'll just have that one or two miraculous games. And then he'll just be mediocre at best for a great portion of the season. I'm just looking for consistency. And if he can find that with the players that he still has there, you know what? They can still make some waves, but... You know, what could have been, my friend, what could have been. (laughs) We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace gaming wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a VITABRACE gaming wristband, or use the code BUYONE-GET-ONE, and it's buy one, get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50, or buy and the number one, get and the number one, today to get some great deals on some VITABRACE gaming wristbands. So check it out today at MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. One last thing to ask you about, and that is speaking of holdouts, was Ezekiel Elliott talking to Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground and also Justin Novro that they think he's going to get about 25, maybe 30 touches starting at least the first couple games and whatnot, trying to get back into the picture. If you have Ezekiel Elliott on your team and you know he must have come in a very high first or second round at the latest, What's your thoughts as far as playing him? Do you play him right away? Do you you have no choice? I mean, if you picked Ezekiel Elliott, most likely you don't have that great a depth at running back after him. So most likely you got to go ahead, even with the limited amount of touches, you got to go ahead and play him, correct? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, at that point, unless you really play in a 
a smaller league or people are asleep at the wheel in the second and third round of your draft, you're forced to start him. You know he's playing. Whether he's in shape or not, I don't know. He claims to be where he was working out in Cabo, but you have to. And I think kind of, too, the other factor involved here is uh, the Giants don't have the most stout defense. So who knows? Maybe they spell Elliott a few times and he gets some goal line looks and he gets you a touchdown. So at this point, it's kind of like looking at it like a real team. You, you're paid the guy the top bucks, in this case, a high first round draft pick. Play him, roll the dice. But if you were going up against a, uh, the Chicago Bears or maybe the Rams defense, maybe you kind of give it thought, but not this week. Start him. And like I said, hope he gets get you one of those cheap TDs or maybe a few catches and some receiving yards. Hopefully that'll be the case to make the best out of a very messy situation, I should say. And and hopefully for Ezekiel Elliott fans and also fantasy football team owners that have Ezekiel Elliott on their team, hopefully it will still manage to be a good season. I don't know how great it will be because then you get into a situation where those players with those long holdouts, they have a tendency to get injured. The percentages seem to go up for them to get injured as being more likely. So I'd be kind of worried and hopeful that I have enough depth on my running back roster. Absolutely. That's an excellent way of putting it. And frankly, in in this game, we love and play. Running backs get hurt all the time. It's just hard to predict whether a guy holds out or not. You're going to have a fluke injury. So I say take it week by week and worry about it down the road. But that's definitely a good way of looking at it. My friend, it's been a great episode. I got to have you on real soon after the dust has settled on week one of the NFL. You and I are going to still work out times as far as when you're available to do so, but you are definitely going to be a major part of Inside Sports Fantasy Football going forward. I got to ask you, my friend, before we head on out, and that is what do you and Charles Smith Jr., the host that both of you are of, of the Inside Sports show, what are you two scheming up for this season of Inside Sports? Well, thanks again for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to a great season and doing this show. A lot of friends and even coworkers have given good feedback and even asked me when the first episode was, and I told them after I finished my draft, but that's, I guess, a little more like insider information. But uh, on the show, we're actually doing a bit of a reboot. Two of the most popular segments we've, we've had and gotten feedback from the audience on are our pick segment and fantasy football. So I'll probably be giving some more of my nuggets, whether it's who to pick up, who to drop, who to start, those sorts of things. And then Charles and I started a few years ago where we had a segment called Gambler's Delight. And thanks to the Supreme Court and my home state of New Jersey, uh, gambling's not as evil as everyone makes it out to be, as you know, in the fine state of Nevada. So we had a theme. Charles was he picking over under. And being the contrarian I am at times, I would pick an underdog. And we had a really good year last year. And we're going to continue that. And we'll also do some of our usual analysis, throw in our sarcasm, humor, look at the NFL from time to time. But uh, that's going to be our bread and butter. I mean, being back in New Jersey last year, my brother was showing me on one of the apps how easy it is to place a wager. It's not like the old days when we'd walk into a smoky sports book and look up at a big screen or a, a digital scoreboard of sorts and figure out who to bet on. I mean, it's gotten completely high tech. It's gone mainstream and it's only going to expand. While we're not advocating that you gamble, I mean, our our line is if you've got 20 bucks to play with that you'd spend going to a movie or doing some sort of entertainment or out to dinner, you want to take a flyer on a game, that's the way we look at it from that perspective. So by no means are we these guys on AM radio early weekend morning saying, oh, this is a lock and call my 900 number and subscribe. We're doing it for fun because that's what we think it is. And hand in hand with that, I know some people look at fantasy football as gambling too. 
I think it's just another great way to look at the game, whether you play for money or not. It makes it interesting. I mean, Gerald, frankly, are you going to watch the Lions-Cardinals game, late game, Sunday afternoon, if you have no vested interest in it, whether gambling or playing fantasy football? And maybe you look at it and see how Kyler Murray does. But that that's a perspective Charles and I are taking at. It's a new way of looking at football. I agree with you on that because, you know, it's not very interesting if you don't have a stake into it. I know I was talking to Josh on our pop culture show, the PCC Multiverse, on Friday about NBA 2K20, which just came out, and it having themes of gambling and transactions. I mean... I, I was very harsh on 2K for actually promoting that and presenting that, but it's how they presented it to children or young adults playing it before they become of age and decide whether or not they want to go into a gambling format. So when you present it in that sense, I was really against it. But once you become adult, you know what? Fantasy football, gambling, if that's what you want to do and you do it responsibly, by all means, because here in Vegas, you can't avoid it. You can't deny it. It's it's what makes this town what it is. It's been gambling, so you got to respect that. And of course, I go to the sports books all the time and catch the odds for, especially for the NBA for me and also NFL. But yes, you see the way it, the, the whole city has changed. It's just dramatic. And I remember my days walking into the Hacienda Hotel back when I was a kid and, and seeing it was truly the smoky atmosphere that you talk about. In fact, there are still some old downtown hotels today that that have that nuance. And yes, while younger individuals will say this is all smoky, this is really bad, there's still some type of charm that kicks in for anyone out there that's of my age or, or your age that, that has that remembrance and nostalgia of what Vegas was way back when, and even Atlantic City to some extent as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just truly fun, truly, truly great time. It is fantasy football week one kicking off. I'm just so excited for it. You know, before you go on with Charles, I want to ask one last thing. What is your team to go all the way to the Super Bowl this year? If you have uh, one yeah. team. Uh, yes. How, how about this? I'll give you a logical choice and I'll give you a uh, kind of a dark horse sleeper choice. And I never get this right any year, full disclosure up front. For posterity's sake, I'm going to say the Chiefs. They should have been there last year. They should have won it, I know. But I just think that's a team that's built to win this year, much like kind of the Rams were last year and they had their shot and blew it. They built up the defensive side of the ball. They extended Tyreek Hill today, who's a very controversial player, but talented to say the least. Patrick Mahomes is still young and, and, and no one's figured him out yet. So I think in terms of the proverbial chalk, keep your eye on the Chiefs. I think the NFC is a little more wide open and I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Philadelphia Eagles make another run at it. I think Carson Wentz is finally healthy. They've got talent on both sides of the ball. Doug Peterson's been there before. I know some people are picking them as a favorite, but I think those would be your two representatives from the AFC and NFC. You're looking for a super dark horse. I don't know why, but I felt as though the Carolina Panthers were on a roll last year until Cam Newton got hurt. Christian McCaffrey played a phenomenal year. Uh, Ron Rivera is back calling the plays on defense. Keep an eye on them. They may sneak in, kind of be like a Saints that not necessarily came out of nowhere, but no one was anticipating to go that far. So I know I've given you three teams, but i got to hedge my bets. I figure I'll at least give you a Super Bowl matchup and a dark horse. And I'm fairly confident none of those three will even make it to the Super Bowl now. 
<laughs> Mine are a little bit different, although one is right on the money when it comes to Kansas City. I think you've got to put them as a proverbial favorite. For me, I think if it was a matchup again that we'd love to see, Kansas City going off against the Los Angeles Rams would be very oh. tantalizing. I think the Rams still have a lot in, as far as to offer, as far as a quality team is concerned. So I look to the Rams to possibly finally go all the way this time instead of just being the bridesmaid. They're going to actually be the bride and go ahead and, and go all the way this year. If Kansas City doesn't solve its defensive issues, that could be a problem. But if they do, that you know what? Kansas City, who's going to stop their offense? So I would love to see that game, L.A. versus Kansas City. We saw what a great shootout it was last season. So I'd love to see that come to fruition. And if I have a dark horse, you know what? I'm going to go to L.A. again and say if they straighten out the Melvin Gordon situation, look out for the Chargers once again. Yeah, I like that. They're a very trendy pick in the AFC. But to be honest with you, my son's a Rams fan, and for me to pick them to go to the Super Bowl is nothing more than a jinx. But I really hope your prediction's right. That that was one of my favorite football games ever to watch. And I you know, grew up watching the Dan Marinos of the world, John Elway, even going back to Dan Fouts in San Diego. It reminded me of old-school AFC West or AFC shootouts. Uh, I would love to see that game again. You and I both. It was like a video game right there on my screen, and I love it. when I I know I'm an offense guy. I love the home runs. I love the hype, uh, 140, 150 games in the NBA, and I also love the fact when when there's nothing but passing touchdowns after passing touchdowns or just explosive play after explosive play like we've seen from both those teams. I'm hoping for that once again this year in the NFL. My friend, it's just been great having you on the show I cannot thank you enough. Looking forward to a great year of fantasy football with your insight and your knowledge, bringing it home right here. As long as I don't talk about Adrian Peterson too much longer, it's going to be okay. But again, it's just great having you on the show this season for us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.